welcome to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You have your host here, Elena. And today I am excited. I got an opportunity to finally sit down with Elliot Pierre. And this guy has been just doing some good things in our community. And I'm super blessed to have him on the show. So welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this morning was super fun. I got to be on uh, Elliot's show and we just had a great time uh, communicating together. And I was like, oh, man, I got to interview this guy. And thankfully, he had some time. Yeah. Tonight, so I'm really excited yeah. to have you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, the Max City Morning Show. It's a lot of fun and it's a different setup than this. It's uh, very short in regards to its 20 minutes. And we try our best to keep it in that cap so that guests can come back again and again. Uh, but usually, like yourself, people stick around and hang out a little bit longer. But uh, our producer today had to get his uh, shot. So we have to cut it a little bit short. So I'm glad that we're able to extend the conversation here on your podcast. Today. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Well, it all started here in Fort McMurray, to be honest with you. Like I'm born and raised here in Fort McMurray which uh, isn't as rare as you'd think. But most people think I'm a bit of a unicorn because of that. Um, and the cool thing about Fort McMurray that I really kind of try to tell everybody is Fort McMurray is a land of opportunity where you can literally be whatever you want to be. Doesn't mean it's easy, but if you want to be a firefighter, you can go to school to be a firefighter. If you want to go to, if you want to be a truck driver out at site, you can be a truck driver out at site. Like these options and opportunities are there for you if you're willing to put the work in. And so I feel this community really does promote entrepreneurs or anybody who wants to try something different. Mm -hmm. um, more often than not, uh, the route that people go is site life in regards to picking up a trade or even working administration out at site. But this community really rallies behind the people in the community. Mm -hmm. And so if you are an entrepreneur, maybe a home business, or if you have like storefront, uh, we really believe in supporting local in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, becoming an entrepreneur in Fort McMurray was pretty, pretty easy path because, well, like we talked about today, if you can do whatever you want to do, you have an option. You can work really hard and bust your ass and do it for somebody else, mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with that. Or you can bust your ass and do it for yourself. And for me, that just was a better option and felt more rewarding. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I love Fort McMurray for that reason. Like everyone is so amazing. Like especially uh, all of the entrepreneurs that I interviewed so far, every mm -hmm. single one of them is like local, 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 like everything local. And even right. like, I just am about to interview Anita from 57 North. And Oh, yeah, yeah. And they do a program uh, highlighting local artists and just local um, business owners like Carly, I interviewed and she owns Firebag Coffee Company and they're like, yeah. we sell her coffee, you know? And I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. Cause like, if you don't support that's local, who are you supporting? <laughs> you know, like- That's right, big that's right. You don't care about anybody, like it's crazy. That's right. And I have this whole kind of thesis in regards to um, the company I own, and I can definitely get into more on that as we continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a digital marketing company. And so with the internet, it allows you to communicate with people globally and easily. And often people get, I think, overexcited in regards to it's such a big world and I can talk to so many people and I can sell my services or my product everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, However, they kind of miss the mark in regards to, yes, you can. However, don't underestimate what's in your own backyard. Yeah. 
And when you are trying to sell something on a global scale, your product or service really needs to stand out because chances are there is somebody doing the exact same thing that you're already doing. Not to say they're doing it better, but they might just be more well-known or have more finances behind them. Um, or just like they might have like a company helping them really push their message. So in the ocean that is the world, your message or your service or your product might not get out there. But locally, if you kind of just shrink down where you're trying to promote your business or your service, especially in a community like Fort McMurray, there's 60,000 plus people living here with an average income well over $150,000 per year. Mm -hmm. And that's individually, not dual income. Like there is a lot of opportunity if you're a business owner to just like, don't think so globally all the time, but to shrink it down and think locally, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's super so, important. Like it's, yeah. when you understand who your demographic is, it changes right. everything. So like my podcast is super diverse, but it's primarily mm-hmm. like 18 to 45 year old females, you know? And I'm like, cool, right. bring it, <laughs> you know, like that's awesome. Yeah. But it's okay. like 40, right? So I still have a lot of male followers, uh, but I'm mm-hmm. starting to notice now that we're expanding into like the Philippines, for example, I got my first Filipino follow. Oh, cool. Like, that's so cool. And you just see uh, my Ireland following is at like 2% now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Ireland. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. But I'm like, yeah. at the same time, I look at where Canada's at and I'm like, we're at 40% mm. in Canada. And I'm like, what? That's okay. crazy to me. Yeah. Because yeah think that you'd have more followers from your local region but if you don't target local region then you're not necessarily gonna uh, watch in your local area you know that's right that's right and with what you're talking about in this show it's it's a global conversation in regards to you're talking to business owners right so it's a relatable topic that can come outside of local Mm -hmm. so there's not a bad thing to that my thing with uh, anytime you like when it, when you go into different areas, it's capitalizing on that opportunity, right? So based on like what you're trying to achieve with your service, if you can service somebody in the Philippines or Ireland and they're hearing, that's phenomenal, you know? But sometimes, for and I know you can based on what you do, uh, so that's great. But some services, um, they don't translate. Like if you're a local car company, for example, here in Fort McMurray, yeah. and somebody sees your ad and it goes viral, and people in Europe see your car ad and you're like, sweet, I went viral. I'm like, well, that's a nice vanity metrics that you went viral. But realistically, all those people in Europe who saw your car ad aren't coming into your dealership locally to buy your car. Yeah. So it kind of fell on deaf ears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, what you do, that's awesome. Hearing people from the Philippines and Ireland following you, you can definitely reach out to them and um, supply a great service for them without being in the same room as them, right? Yeah, that's what I've loved so much about the COVID era is the fact that so many more people are open to going online and just like having a conversation, you know? It's been really cool just connecting with a lot of really incredible people. Like the podcast that I'm posting this week is a lady from the UK. And I'm like, I would have never had that opportunity before. Never, ever. I've never been. So I'm going to ask you a question. You know? Yeah. All right. I know this is your podcast, but it's a conversation. So I'm going to ask you a question. Now, 
how are you getting your guests if they're not local? Are these people reaching out to you or are they part of like a network that you're in? Because that's pretty cool that you have people outside of the community coming to chat with you. Mostly referrals, honestly. So okay. the lady that I interviewed, um, her name is Sue and she was a referral. I don't know if you know Rassi Bamakbade. She used to be the manager of the Starbucks in uh, okay. And okay. uh, she started her own life coaching company and just finished writing a book. And like, she is just a powerhouse lady. And she's like, you got to talk to these guys. And she sent me two contacts and I'm interviewing Alpha. He is from Sierra Leone. I'm interviewing him next week. And he, oh my goodness, what a crazy story. He's like, do you know how crazy it is that I'm able to talk to you on a computer with power and internet in Sierra Leone? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> I've never no. been there. Right. It's like, it's very rare to have that kind of luxury. And I was like, wow, I take mm. so much for granted, you know, like we just don't think of that kind of stuff, but I get referrals. Really? I also have a network through Arate that I would leverage um, also through my business. Okay. Platform. Um, I'll interview people in my company, for instance, but I also just listen to great podcasts and reach out to people that I connect with really well. And oh. most of the time, they're open to talking, which is that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that so is my, cool. Good my main you. business coaches, so Ed Milet and Andy Forsella, I got to interview mm -hmm. Andy's wife, for example, and she was a millionaire by 21 years old. And like the stuff that that woman has done is just incredible. She runs uh, women in business seminars and like so cool. And then like all of the people that they attract through the Arate network are all entrepreneurs, all killing it in business. And you just watch their stories on their Facebook group. I reach out to them and I'm like, Hey, I want to interview you. And they all almost yeah. always say yes. Right. Or some push me That's off. That's incredible. But yeah. Yeah. That's it's okay. Really cool. You can't get everybody. Yeah. Well, some, some want you to pay them. And I'm like, nah, I'd rather just be your friend. <laughs> like I'm just going to make it. Really oh, wow. Well, I've never come into that one yet. Public speakers though. Like if, if they're like legit Fair enough. Public speakers fair right? and that's what they do as a career path. Yeah. That's, it's like, yeah, I'll pay for that's it. Right. That's fair enough. But at the same time, I'm like, right. I think I should just be your friend first. I, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. I get the opposite in regards to people who come on my show, ask how much I charge. Interesting. And I, I, I don't charge anything. Yeah. Um, it's a public service basically. And um, I'm fortunate enough that my company makes the money that allows me to then do the podcast for free, basically. Yeah. Um, but that's what I get more often than not, especially from um, business owners, um, because it is giving them a platform that they normally wouldn't be able to have mm -hmm. and get their message heard. They're like, okay, this has to obviously have some kind of catch. And I'm like, no, nah, the only catch is you got to invest 20 minutes and be on camera. That's it. Yeah. And it's so funny so, because I feel like when you talk to like very successful people, most of them just want to help. Mm -hmm. Like most of them are right. going out and doing the right thing and really focused on just genuinely leading by example and giving all of the information that they can, they might withhold some of the, nuggets, right. you know, for the elite right. groups that they charge for. Um, but I find yeah. they're very generous. Very, very oh, 100%. Generous. I couldn't agree with that statement more. And if there's one thing that your listeners, it's a gem that I learned years ago. It's um, to be open to talk about your failures in regards to I've been fortunate to be in rooms with 
some pretty heavy hitters when it comes to business. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this thing happen again and again, when as a young entrepreneur, you come in and they ask you, hey, how's your business going? And when you first get started, you, you want to get cocky. And, oh, everything's great. And I love my life. And things couldn't be better. And they look at you and they say, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Um, and I saw this happen to a colleague of mine who was that guy. And I saw how the businessmen in the room looked at him. And I was like, oh, wait, like they were, they were giving him like an olive branch. So then when it came my turn to sit down at that table, um, they said, hey, Elliot, like, I know you just started your business. How are things going? And I said, you know what, like for overall, it's going well. I'm pretty happy. But here are some areas that I'm like, I'm really struggling in. Mm -hmm. And these four old men, and they're not that old, but they all looked at each other and laughed and said, oh, I remember when I first started, I ran into that problem and this is how I dealt with it. And if you can afford it, this is my guy, you should call him. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And I said, hey, do I get a discount if I drop your name? And they're like, nope, actually you're gonna call this guy and he's gonna be 10 times more expensive than anybody you've ever paid for this service. And I said, okay, and they're like, but trust me, it's worth it in the long run. And then they start talking about all of the money they had wasted in order to find this guy, right? And so I I really truly find if you are open and honest with your struggles, nobody in business, I don't care if you're Nike or if you're me, bottom to the top, nobody's business is perfect. Everybody's running through or into struggles. Mm -hmm. And if you're open about speaking to them to a certain extent, obviously, um, most business owners, especially ones who have gone through the hoops before, they just want help. Yeah. Well, and I think you learn from other people's examples too. Like that's why we read books, you know, like I don't want to screw it up. I want someone else to teach me how they screwed it up and how they fixed it. (laughs) You know, that's right. That's it. We don't have to go through the same stuff that other people have. And there's so many opportunities to learn out there and not screw it up ourselves. Like, yeah. Oh, I remember when I started in business, I was told one word, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Is your business, Elena, unbelievable. Yeah. Good or bad. <laughs> it's either yeah, unbelievably, it's unbelievable. Or unbelievably bad. It's unbelievable. <laughs> because then I have a positive mindset, right? Right. Because I'm, right. I'm projecting positivity. Even if my business is struggling, I can still be vulnerable about that and go, okay. Okay, well, yeah, my first year in business, I wish I read the entrepreneur's roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. read that three years in and I'm like, Oh, I could have saved myself all of these headaches and heartaches over right. not understanding that the ebbs and flow of how business works, you know, right. I'm like, yeah, you'll have a really good month and you'll have a really shitty month. And then you'll have a really good month and you're going to be like, Whoa, this is awesome. And then you hit yeah. the and you're like, I am awful. This is so That's right. Horrible. And like, you really have to learn how to control those emotions and just understand that it's coming and just yeah. telling yourself it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. Cause well, that's it. Cause it's crazy. <laughs> it's a journey. It's, it's a journey, but it's a fun one. And, uh, I recommend it to anybody, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it, it is one thing that, uh, I got, in, I didn't get in trouble. I was on a dais one time and they asked, uh, they sent us the questions ahead of time. And one of them was if, Uh, you could go back before you started your company, what would you tell yourself? Mm. And it was a group of young people who were like contemplating their future. And so I, as a joke, because I like to tell jokes, I said, don't do it. 
<laughs> and the dais looked at me and like, dude, you can't tell these kids that. And I was like, yeah, I can. And I was like, I joke around and I would not have my life any differently. But I think the trap that a lot of people get into when they, they romanticize what it is to own your own company. Yeah. They feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. They feel like, oh yeah, I'm going to have my own company and I can work my own hours and I can go on these trips and I can sleep in and life's going to be perfect. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not what it means to start your own company. Like when you work as an employee, <laughs> that's right. When you, uh, when you're an employee, you just got to show up, do your work, put in your time and you leave, you got a guaranteed paycheck. Life is easy. When you own your own company, like forget 40 hour work week, you're working every hour of the day in one way, shape or form. Yes, you can choose to like sleep in, but that means you got to stay up even later. Yeah. And then if you're choosing to sleep in and you're missing an opportunity, well, that financially affects you. So. And it affects your mindset. That's right. And if you, sometimes you put in like 120 hours in a week. And it doesn't turn into anything that week. And you're like, wow, this is crazy. Uh So, uh, yeah, when I talk to the youth about becoming an entrepreneur, starting your own business, I'm just like, listen, it's good. I love it. I I wouldn't change my life for a second. But you need to recognize when you get into it, this is tough. And it's way tougher than being an employee. Yeah. I have never had anyone tell my listeners that yet. So that is, oh, sweet. There we go. It's so important. Like I read the E-Myth and it talks about how, I don't remember who it's, Michael Gerber, but it's like, there's the entrepreneur, there's the manager and there's the technician. And when you are self-employed, you go from being, here's the cash flow quadrant, right? I've told you that before, but you go from being an employee to being self-employed. And now you're everything that the employee was for yourself, and if you don't That's have right. money to hire it out, you have to do all the work. You have to do all the work. Yep. You have to do it. And it's like, you can't scale it if you don't, you know, That's right. It's like That's right. there's so many different business models out there that you can go through and it's like, okay, no, you have to have staff. Like that's a thing. You need support staff. You think Stanford right. could run their projects without support staff? No right. freaking chance, man. <laughs> like, that's right. It wouldn't happen. So you think about like, Oh, starting your own business. And yeah, people are like, I can sleep in. I'm like, no, you have to get up just as early, if not earlier. Cause right. the mentality that I had going into business was if I used to get up at 6am for a company I hated working for, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I do it for myself? Yeah, that's right. And I'm yep. like, I used to put in 15 hours a day for a company I didn't want to work for. Yeah. But I almost died at multiple times. Yeah. And yet for what, <laughs> you know, for yeah. nothing, for them to that's make ex- more money. No, that's it. I'm good. No, you do it for yourself. But yeah, it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. So that's the one thing, like after I explained myself to the, everybody, the dais forgave me for my shock value, just like, don't do it. But yeah, don't do it. Like, don't go into it with this romantic idea. You got to go into it being like, this is good. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do in your life. That's right. That's right. So like I, I've met, I've, because I've done this, I like, it's funny when you become like your, when you start your own business and once it starts going well, that's the key. Once it starts going well, you're going to have friends and families and strangers like reach out to you and say, Oh, this is amazing. I want to do what you're doing. I can assure you those people aren't there when you're struggling, but they pop up when you're doing well. 
And I've had a number of friends being, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm like, you're going to do what? I'm like, I'm going to quit my job and start my own company. I'm like, okay, what's your company? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to quit. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do not do that. No. Don't. <laughs> like, you have to have a passion. You have to have a dream. You have to like, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You because if you're not, you're going to be miserable. You don't want to be miserable broke. being your own, like broke. That's exactly it. So I made that yeah. mistake. Yeah, I did. Did I you? Did you? As a broke associate. So I was oh, wow. making like half of the amount of commission that I'm making now. And yeah. I was like, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> like I can't yeah. handle this anymore. And right. uh, it was honestly the best decision I ever made. Cause I work very well under stress. Oh, okay. I put myself into a corner where I was so deep in financial struggles and I needed a change. And like in October of 2017, I quit my job and was like, I'm going to do this. And one year I tripled my company. I doubled my income and I lost a hundred pounds. And I was like, boom, (laughs) like what? That's awesome. Tell me I can't. Good for you. You know, and you. like how many people sat there when I was quitting my job and go, oh, Elena, you'll be back. You'll miss the money. And I'm sitting there going, you don't know what I'm capable of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But at and, the same time, yeah. I wish I didn't do it so soon. Yeah, that's right. My thing, two things of what you just said, and I think it's really important is when money is not everything. It's important. You need to, you need it. We all need it to like survive. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But it's not the end all be all. No. And sometimes you have to sacrifice financials to be happy. Yes. Sometimes you got to do it and you're richer for it in the long run. You're genuinely happy. You're genuinely happy. And there's no price you can put on that. So that's the first one. But for anybody out there, like I had one friend in particular who wanted to start his own thing. And I was like, listen, man, you have an eight, you, you work eight hours a day. And I know you go home and you do nothing when you go home for like five to six hours. So what I'd recommend for you is in all that downtime that you have at home, start your business. Yeah. And do it during your off hours and just test it out. See if you like it. See if the consumers want to consume what you want to put out there. Mm -hmm. See if it's making any money that you can survive on. And he did it for about two months, let's say. He hated it. Yeah. And he found that like the market, and I feel if he would have stuck with it, the market would have two months isn't long enough to stick around with anything. No. But he's just like, dude, I'm not making any money. And I'm just like, okay, that's normal. He's like, well, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not passionate about it. I'm not making any money. I'm just going to stick with my job. I'm like, see, thank goodness you didn't quit your job and try to do this full time. Yeah. So yeah, you really have to be, like you said, you either have to be super passionate about what you're doing or like yourself, just put in a position where you're like, it's not worth it. I'd rather just have to go it. off on my own and have to do this yeah. out of a place of just sheer desperation. But then with that pressure, pressure makes diamonds. Oh, yeah. And so, like that year was a huge transition for my mindset. Like mm-hmm. when I was on Holtrek, I literally would sit there with dry erase markers and draw and take notes on the podcast right. I was listening to and the leadership books I was listening to and the mindset shifted. And I was sitting mm-hmm. there every single day going, why don't people do this for themselves? 
Why yeah. do stop learning at 18 years old when they graduate high school? That's you right. Know? I don't understand yeah. it. Whereas I love to learn. I love to teach. I love to yeah. why I do the podcast is because I love to give people an opportunity to have mm-hmm. a better life. And I right. think like, if you can yeah. connect with other people, you can do that. Yeah. No, people, they just get comfortable in their lives and they just keep on going and it is kind of what they see. So they're okay with that. Right. Mm -hmm. My thing is, um, and I did not create this on my own. I read this in a book. I wish I could tell you what book, but I can't remember. You have professional athletes like surfers, for example, who literally when they go out and they surf big waves, like um, pipe in Hawaii, they could die doing what they love doing. Yeah. Like they, they they fully recognize when I go into the water, I might die, but I love what I'm doing so much that I'm willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And that's a great mindset to have in regards to whatever I'm doing. I love it so much. I'm willing to die for it. Right. But when you think about it, every second that we're living, we're going in the direction of dying. Yeah. So when you make the conscious decision to go into a job that you don't like, you're making the decision yeah, I I would die for this. Mm -hmm. And when you put your kind of mindset into that, you're like, I hate what I do, but I'm going to die. I'm I'm dying for this. Every second I come into this office, it's a real, it's a, it's a good mindset to have to be like, whatever you're doing, you really got to love. Oh, so I just like you. Yeah. You had the story. (laughs) I did not. Like I thought I loved it. Until I realized that the only reason I was doing it is because I was told to go to school and get good grades and go to college and get a job and retire at 65. And that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I realized the reality of that was I was broke and I was miserable and I had carpal tunnel so bad. I couldn't like sleep at night because my hands were on fire and like the claw when I woke up and I was no, I'm not doing this to myself. Like, why am I? That's right. It's crazy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that story. Waiting till you're 65. You're not promised 65. You're not promised it. And uh, I know the viewers at home can't see what I'm sitting in, but I'm currently sitting in a 1979 MG uh, midget. It's a classic sports car, British, and it may be all of two and a half feet off of the ground. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very low, small car. Now, the thing about this vehicle is I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. I can, so I can get in and out of this vehicle, but it is a struggle to get in and out of this vehicle for myself. Mm-hmm. So this is a vehicle that most people wait until their retirement to purchase. Right. And I can assure you, most people in their retirement are unable to get in and out of this car. Mm-hmm. And what a ripoff. You work 65 years to afford an MG. And when you get it, you can't even get in it. Right. And so it's one of those mindset things for me is just like, I, I really do feel like I will have a long, healthy, happy life. However, I recognize I'm not promised that. Mm-hmm. And so if there's opportunities or things that I'd like to try or like to do, that'll put a smile on my face. I'm not waiting until I'm 65 for that. I want to do it now. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. think that it's super important to set goals and actually stick to them as well. Cause people, yeah. people will go out and just like spur of the moment, buy a 50, 60, 80, $90,000 vehicle, for instance. Right. And I'm like, 
hold your horses. <laughs> like, yeah. first of all, save your money for that and buy what you exactly yeah. what you want. Like the that's car right. that I just purchased, I bought a 2018 Buick Enclave. And people are yeah. like, that's a grandma car. I'm like, no, it's a mommy mobile. And I'm trying uh-huh. to, it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I have a hundred pound dog and I want to be able to have her comfortable and still be able to fit a car seat and other passengers. I'm like, it's yeah. perfect for me. That's right. And then I don't have to have $1,000 a month truck payments like I used to, you know? Like, it's all yeah, and that's, those goals. that's such a good message in regards to, not everybody wants the same thing. Mm-hmm. And once you can identify what you want and you're not trying to keep up with the Joneses or spend money everywhere, mm-hmm. you're just spending it on what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Then like financially, you'll be so much further ahead versus like, Oh, that's a grandma car. Oh man, I got to buy a new vehicle. Oh, your house is too small. Oh, and I got to get a bigger house. If cars aren't your thing, then don't spend an absorbent amount of money on them. Yeah. And if they are, do it, but be smart about don't it. Go nuts. Be smart yeah. about it. That's exactly it. Like people I, judge me all the time. They're like, oh, why didn't you just buy a new car, Elena? Why didn't you buy a new yeah. car? Why don't you have a bigger house? Because my mortgage is $1,200 a month and I can't yeah. rent for that. You know what I mean? Like that's insane. Right. And that's right. I don't have a car payment. So why would that's I... Right you know, put myself into a place where I can't financially pay my bills. That's right. If, just to say, just to say I have a new car. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why pay 50 Why? or $60,000 for a vehicle that I That's can right. pay 30 for? That's right. No, it's all, it's about sacrificing. And my story in regards to how I was able to become a business owner is in my twenties, I did work for oil and gas and I was, quite successful at it. And I made oil and gas money. And unlike most individuals that, and I can only speak from my experience, I can't paint Fort McMurray with this brush, but most of my buddies and colleagues, coworkers who were making, who were doing what I was doing, um, they bought all the new trucks. They bought all the new toys, the boats, the quads. My buddies used to call me up and be like, Hey man, we're going to the PGA game in Florida you want to come? I'm like, no, I don't want to drop 10 grand for like a weekend. No. I was like, I'll see you. I'll see you next week when you get back. And so I know a lot of my, um, a lot of my friends would make fun of me in regards to like, Elliot, you're so cheap. You need to like, you need to come and do this stuff with us, buy a new car, do these things. And I'm like, guys, man, I'm like the money I make for one, I don't want to travel and do all these things. I love to travel, but not the way you guys do, mm-hmm. but I bought, I was buying real estate. And I was putting money in TFSAs and stocks and all this stuff in my 20s because I recognized for me, I don't need, like, I didn't buy a brand. The first time I bought a brand new car, I was 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, uh, yeah, for somebody coming from Fort McMurray, for your viewers at home, um, that's odd. That's that an oddity. Happen. Yeah. That, yeah. So 18 year old kids are driving around with friggin' Porsches. <laughs> that's right. That's because right. They think that they can afford them. That's right. So in my twenties, like I saved money and I was financially responsible and I always bought, I lived within my means. And not only did I live within my means, I lived in a position of if things went South, I'd still be okay. Yes. And so when I was in my thirties, and I said, hey, I want to try this new thing, which is starting a 
business, I wasn't in a position where I needed to have that paycheck come in all the time because I had a float. So that allowed me the freedom to experiment, to try and be happy. But if I was living paycheck to paycheck or what I like to call the golden handcuffs of Fort McMurray, um, you have all the toys. So you got those golden handcuffs on. There's no way I would have been able to like stop what I was doing if I had all of these payments that some of my friends have. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, by with living underneath your means down the road, it allows you opportunities that you may not have if you're paying a bank a bunch of money to keep up with your lifestyle. Yeah, it's insane. And then the craziest part is that they just keep trading up. And thinking, oh, it's cheaper right. payments and it's cheaper payments. Yeah, but you're financing for an extra mm-hmm. forty thousand dollars. Like, That's right. yeah. you're not saving yourself any money. No, Just you're not. Understand those little pieces of it. It's like, okay, That's right. I ran the numbers on one vehicle, and I thought it was so funny. Oh well, we'll give you this as a trade in for your truck. And I was like, I didn't put my truck on the table there. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not not trading my truck. I'm paying cash for this vehicle. And then they're like, oh, well, if you finance, you get a better rate. And I was like, that is crooked. Like, that is so messed up. But they make so much money through finance. So so much money. So much money. But the best part is you can buy it, pay interest on it for five months. And six months, pay it off, no penalty. And I pay like 500 bucks interest and save two grand. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you need to know those tricks. But people Because more often, people don't know those tricks. Yeah. No, like I literally, it wasn't until I was 31, 31, I think that I got my first like brand new car, but all my other cars, they were nice, but I paid for them cash. Just here you go. No payments done with it. You know, like that's the thing, interest on your payments. Jeez Mm. Louise. Just it is a cash. And and as soon as you drive that car off the lot, it's not worth what you paid for it. No. So yeah, no, it's the, but that's it's their business, right? Same with credit cards. Oh yeah, credit cards. Like I've been there. People don't. Yeah, I. I luck. Fortunately for me, I I've, I had really financially sound parents who educated me, so I've never found myself in credit card debt um, at all. Knock on wood. That's amazing. praise the Lord. Yeah, when I I was very young when I got my first credit card, I was uh, sixteen years old. Wow. And my mom and my dad sat me down and they just explained to me, like, this is not unlimited money. You have to pay it back. And not only do you have to pay it back, you got to pay more than you borrowed if you don't pay that full payment every time. And I was just like, all right. And they're just like, don't use this as a credit card. This is a debit card. And if you don't have the money in the bank, don't spend it. Uh And I was just like, okay. And I took it to heart. And luckily, like, I was so young that... (laughs) what my parents were telling me was like the Bible basically. And so it was years and years. I think I was probably 25 when somebody finally, like one of my buddies was just like, I I said, I couldn't afford it. And they said, you got a credit card. You can afford anything. And it kind of clued into me because I was naive. I'm like, Oh, you're right. I can, but then, but I don't have the money for it and I don't ever want to pay interest. So I'm not going to do it. But yeah, it was years until I clued in that like, oh, you don't actually have to have the physical money in the account to use the credit card. No way. Yeah. So I can say this, honestly, I've never, ever owed anything on my credit card. That's amazing. Yeah. 
I've, I've incurred debt, um, but it's always, in my opinion, been good debt. It's been on real estate. Yeah. So if you're buying properties, especially if like they're rentals, I don't mind incurring a mortgage. Um, but in regards to frivolous debt, like consumer debt, I should say, yes, that's something I just, I've never been able to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. And that's what is yeah. killing Canadians. Like, oh yeah. And the, yeah. And the payments on it. Oh my Lord. Like some of these credit cards are like 13% interest. 13. That's so, yeah. so low. <laughs> I've like, seen 40. I've seen 60. I've that's seen crazy. That's I've seen criminal. 30, 34% car loans. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. That okay. Yeah. Gives yeah. Me anxiety. Like, yeah. It's just, criminal. But it's like criminal. some, I met a girl who works at, uh, uh, one of the like bank loan companies, like instant cash kind of companies. I oh, but she said they incurred daily interest of 41 mm-hmm. daily. Interest oh. of 41%. I'm like, how sinful you get away with that. She said they sign it. Sinful. That is, well, I couldn't sleep. No, I mean, either that's, that's sinful. Yeah. That's not cool. But they make, listen, they make the money, but and it, unfortunately it's preying on like the people who can't like need the money the most. Yeah. You know, like, oh, mm. gross. Yeah. That's what's cool about like what you do and helping people out. Like it's one of those things where people just don't know, right? They yeah. just don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I, I tell my parents all the time, they've, they've blessed me with lots of information over the years and the financial aspect of it has been a huge blessing. Yeah. A huge, huge blessing. But I recognize how rare that is um, because I'm a, I have people that grew up with with me in Fort McMurray who've made more than me, who unfortunately have less than me mm-hmm. because they just weren't taught those financial principles. Um, and yeah, it's when you're making 200 plus thousand a year, you think you're rich is what it comes down to. But you're really not. Not. You're only making 100 grand after tax. <laughs> like really. That's right. That's right. That's right. Once that overtime disappears, even less. Exactly. No. So if you could give people advice as to say someone who is going into business and Mm -hmm. they're, they're ready for it, right. They've got a, they've got a cushion. They're ready to go. Is there anything you would suggest that they do? Let's say in the marketing space, because you're in the marketing world. Yeah. Like um, network, 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 just like, like what you're doing is phenomenal. That's why I asked how you get your, your guests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the more people that you know, the more people that know about you, the better. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that people, like it, it shocks me because uh, what my company does is we do digital marketing online. And it shocks me how often business owners that I meet with don't promote their own thing on their own personal Facebook page right. or Instagram or whatever. And they're like, oh, I don't want to bother my friends. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to bother your friends? That's your like, <laughs> that's that's your market. If anything, these people want to support you. The fact that they don't even know your product or company exists is crazy to me. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing is like, tell everybody and be proud of what you're doing. Because um, it's one of the weirdest things. But I feel that entrepreneurs aren't proud they're kind of bashful about what they're doing and they don't want to impose that on their friends or family. They feel that, Oh, it's okay to tell strangers, but it's not okay to tell the people who really care about me. 
Yeah. So I'd say if you're going to business, tell everybody, tell everybody what you're doing, how you're doing it. Don't be embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. F- fair enough. There are going to be some people that have some negative things to say to you. Get thick skin. Yeah. In every business. But, <laughs> like, yeah. But every business. Tell people. Happen. Yeah. And then my other gem, there's two. So that's one. Tell everybody. Mm-hmm. My other thing is be very mindful on who is giving you advice. Yes. In regards to my business, for example, I own a digital marketing company, right? Now, if I'm at a conference with other digital marketers or traditional marketers, salespeople potentially, if they're business owners, because I'm a business owner, if I'm getting advice from that group of people, I'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. However, if a doctor comes and tells me, hey, this is what you should be doing, and this is my opinion. I will look at that doctor and say, listen, if I have a broken bone or I need some antibiotics, you are the subject matter expert. I'm going to listen to you. But when it comes to what makes sense on the internet, your opinion doesn't hold a lot of weight. Right. Especially if it's a negative opinion where I can say, no, I think you're wrong. Now, yes, the doctor has more education than myself in his field. Correct. However, not in mine. So I'd be very mindful for all, be very mindful for all the listeners who are starting their business of where and who is giving you information. And if somebody who's a lawyer or a doctor or a bank agent or a teacher is telling you, hey, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, it's the wrong people to listen to. Yeah. It's the wrong people to listen to. So be mindful of who you're getting your message from. And because they're not subject matter experts in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. There's been so so many times that I think that people are just nervous to tell people like you were talking about nervous to tell people what they do because they don't know everything about it yet. And And yeah, exactly. But you don't have to know everything about it to make an impact. That's right. I'm still figuring it out. It's going well. There's food on my table. Yeah. And I'm having fun. Yeah. That, that's, uh, my company has four pillars. So no matter what my company does, what services we offer, I should say, because it's expanding. We started off just doing websites. Then it turned into videos. Then it turned into content creation. Um, we sell merchandise, for goodness sakes, at this point. So, but the core values of the company, are number one, have fun. If we're not having fun doing something, then it's probably not the path we should be going down. Mm-hmm. Number two, be innovative. And be innovative could be anything from we could be using new technologies or could we, be, we could be trying a new process. But try to be innovative in what you do. Number three is give back. So give back could be anything from actually giving money to charities to doing gift in kind or your services or like the Max City Morning Show, giving back by giving individuals or platform that they can share their message. So giving back. And the fourth one is travel. If you can, that's a bonus. If we can incorporate travel in one way, shape or form, may it be going on site to interview somebody or do a job or collecting points on our credit card by working so that we can utilize those air miles to travel. If we can incorporate travel, that's the fourth gem. Mm -hmm. So no matter what we do at at the company for myself and my business partner, um, it's easy for us to figure out if we want to move forward with an opportunity or not. We check to see if it meets those pillars. 
And at the end of the day, if it does, we can move forward. And if it doesn't, even if, even if it is a great opportunity, and sometimes, and there's been a few opportunities that have come across our table that could have potentially made a lot of money, but they didn't check any of the boxes. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to be like, please don't check the boxes. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Yeah. Check the boxes. Awesome. Okay. I want people to get yeah. more access to you. Where can they find your content? Uh, it's easy to find me. My name's Elliot Pierre. You can pretty much find me on any, any social media platform. Just type in Elliot, two L's, two T's, Pierre. So Elliot Pierre, and you'll find me anywhere. You will see that there is a dot. My first name, and I won't, it's a secret. Uh, it's, it starts with an L. So it's L dot Elliot Pierre. Social media, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, I'm there. Uh, the podcast itself is called uh, the Max City Morning Show. So once again, the Max City Morning Show can be found on all social media platforms as well. Um, but the company, which I never talk about, um, I have a whole kind of thought process on reverse marketing. Um, but because you've asked, I will tell you, uh, the company is called Greenlight Creative. So you can go to greenlightcreative.com and or .ca and you can find um, that company. And what that company does once again, I really never talk about it, is we're a digital marketing agency. So if you're a company or an individual out there that's looking for help with your social media content, uh, we do everything from create your page to create the text, the content, take your photos, take your videos, communicate to your consumer. We'll do your ad spend for you as well. Um, We create digital forms and websites. Basically, anything digital where your company to help you grow and get better. Love so, it. That's what my company does. We're just here to help you, make you bit bigger and better. That's amazing. I yeah. definitely am going to reach out about that because that's like mm-hmm. it's so crazy how people are put into your life at certain times, and sometimes you don't know why. But it's when you're looking for these people. I literally posted last week. Yeah that I'm looking for a social media helper. Oh, wow. And you and I connect and I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, perfect. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big hippie. In Me regards too. To like, I truly believe in like attracts like, and like you put out those positive vibes or you ask the universe for something and it'll give it to you. Um, you might not get it when you ask for it, but you'll get it when you need it. Uh-huh. And so like I make vision boards and I write things down and like, I'm not afraid to tell people what I'm looking for. And I truly believe that, you know what, if you want something, the universe will, will put it in front of you. So that's awesome that you put it out there and that you're going to receive it. That's sweet. I love it. Yeah. Well, there thank you, you so much for being on the show. I loved every minute yeah. of it. I had so much awesome. fun today and uh, yeah. a lot of good uh, advice to my network. So thank you again. Great. No, thank you. Thank you. The opportunity has been great. Feel free to uh, come back on the Max City Morning Show again. We'd love to have you back. And uh, we'll definitely be connecting even off uh, our podcast platforms for Agreed. sure. I saw the gin and <laughs> I'm like, oh, we can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of adult substances on the, the set. And they're not props. No. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the tonic. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right. Thank cool. you so much. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Have a great day. Signing Peace. Out.